You're listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, episode four. This episode is brought to you by the Go Adventure Mom Spring Gear Guide. This is a publication that we do each spring. We also do a gear guide in the winter, a holiday gear guide. So be sure to check it out. We've got some of our favorite things that we think will help you to get outdoors and to make it more fun. Welcome to the Go Adventure Mom podcast, where having kids only adds to the adventure. Get outdoors, see the world, live a full life. Go Adventure Mom, for families who refuse to be indoorsy people. Now, let's go adventure with Kathy Dalton. Hello, this is Kathy Dalton. Today's episode, we met up with Erica Wiggins. She talks a little bit about what to do when life takes a turn for a different path than what you expected. I was driving my car the other day and I saw this rough road sign that's a rough road ahead. And I was thinking, man, it'd be great if life would give you those caution signs. And then I thought, you know, I think if we had those caution signs, I probably would run away and I wouldn't want to go down the rough road. But Erica shares her story and how she has changed her life. Think of this more as someone that's gone down that path. And this is someone here that can support you as you go through those things yourself. We met on Twitter, if you can believe that. She was coming out here for the Outdoor Retailer Show And we just started chatting on Twitter, ended up connecting and going to the outdoor demo together. How long ago has that been, Erica? Has it been a couple years, three years, four years? Four years, over four years ago. Over four years ago. And we just automatically connected, I think, of Erica very much as an older sister. And she is just lovely and wonderful and has been very much a mentor and friend for me. Erica's doing some really great things. She grew up on a sailboat, spent almost 10 years on a sailboat. She has moved from Florida to Salt Lake. Currently, you can connect with her on social media at Salt Lake Living and then also at The Active Explorer. And Erica will tell you a little bit about her story, but today we're going to be talking about finding your path and how there isn't just a single path for everyone. Thank you, Erica. We're so excited to have you. Welcome. I always love visiting with you, Kathy. So thank you so much for inviting me to be here and talk to you today. What I've loved to kind of watch over the last four years is Erica came to Salt Lake to go to the Outdoor Retailer Show, had never been to Salt Lake, and is very much about trying new things and not being afraid to go hiking by herself or going backpacking or learning how to ski. And Erica currently writes for Ski Utah in print and online. And I love that you've been able to take a very different path and and make some really great things happen for you. So tell us a little bit about your favorite place in the world. And if you could go on any adventure, where would that be? Favorite place that I have visited was the Kingdom of Jordan, And you're quite familiar with that trip because we were buddies at the time. Yes, I love Jordan. Wow, it was amazing. You'd been there and to Israel? Yes, and Egypt. Oh, so, and those are more countries that I would enjoy seeing. From Jordan, I could look across and see Israel and Mount Olive from one of the places where we stayed. It was so full of history. It very quickly made me realize how small the world is. The culture is one of welcome, hospitality, and just the nicest people. Oh, yeah, I, I was just blown away by the devotion to family. 
that is there. So it's not only a beautiful country with great food, but the thing that I walked away with the most was somebody explaining to me, this is a country that has almost no senior care centers like retirement homes because everybody has a home. They have almost no homeless population except for in the refugee areas. But in the core towns that are stable, this is just not something that happens. I felt safe there and welcome. And while people may have opinions about Islamic culture, which this is a country that is mixed between a couple of different faiths, but I never felt judged. I felt accepted in my faith and that I could be myself, although I chose, while I was there, I chose to dress conservatively so that everybody could feel comfortable around me too. But that was a choice. Nobody imposed it upon me there. So it's just a country where I would highly recommend if you're going to explore the Middle East and understand it better, the Kingdom of Jordan is spectacular. Oh, absolutely. And I, I second that. The people of Jordan are just some of the kindest. I mean, genuine. They they love their country and they want to show you and are just just so genuine. And I, I agree with what you're saying about family and how family is such a, a core to who they are. And I love that they build their homes on top of each other so that all the generations can live together. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. And they value their history. They try so hard to preserve the archaeological sites, but they have almost no money. It's a, it is a poor country. So they get creative by bringing in student groups to help with excavations and preservation. And they're just trying to do everything they can to honor their history and preserve it through creativity. And I love that respect they have. You went on that trip with Columbia and they made a really cool video, didn't they? They did. There's a full length, an hour long documentary available that was a partnership between the Kingdom of Jordan and Columbia Sportswear that was produced. Plus, there's a series of shorter videos produced by the Kingdom of Jordan. I think it's Visit Jordan, which is their tourism board that uh, several of us were featured in. I think one of them was just a video of my interview and my thoughts about the country, but the scenery and all of the little clips are fantastic. Well, we'll be sure to add that to the show notes and on our, our website so that our listeners can find that. Cause I, I loved watching that video. I think that's really neat. Switching gears. Give us a little bit of background about you and where you were, gosh, what, 10, 15 years ago and kind of how you have gone on this different path and, where you are now? Well, briefly, I I was raised very non-traditionally, as you had referred to. I was raised on a boat. My parents were both entrepreneurs and stepped away from the crazy life. Uh, There's a long story behind that as well. But we ended up sailing the world for about 10 years before I went to college. But when I got back to the United States, I really thought I wanted the stock traditional life. It's the one I hadn't had. <laughs> so I, you know, I wanted the white picket fence and the two children, a boy and a girl dressed in <laughs> pink and blue. And I wanted all of that. And yet there was, it, it still didn't feel quite right. I found myself single and had to support myself and a household. So I went headfirst into commercial real estate, opened my own company added residential real estate services, had an employee. And I was just going nonstop doing the corporate life thing. But what I realized is that 
I had stopped hiking. I had stopped backpacking. I'd stopped exploring. I just wasn't living. I was just working. And I think a lot of people out there can identify with feeling like, where are all the things that I love? What happened? Just to interject, I read Big Magic, and that that was a really powerful book to read and to see, you know, case study after case study of people that had lived really creative lives or weren't living their passion or weren't doing those things, which I think it's, you know, part of being an adult, right? Like we we get caught up in the mundane and then we find ourselves very sad and we're not getting out in nature and we're not feeling fulfilled and well-rounded and all those things that go along with that. Exactly. And when people get to that point, frequently they feel like they don't have a choice. And I know in my case, I thought I didn't have any choices, that I was living the life that I was going to have to live. And what I realized through basically feeling some panic <laughs> that, that I did have more choices. So one night I woke up in the middle of the night and kind of a just the closest thing I could compare to how I've heard people describe panic attack. I, I woke up in the middle of the night staring at my ceiling fan gasping and realized that if my life looked like that five years from then, that I didn't really want to live that life. And I never had a thought like that. And I would never do anything to hurt myself. I'm not depressed. I, it isn't something that I happen to struggle with. But it was a very powerful, poignant moment in my life where I knew I had to change something because I didn't like the prospect of living the life I was in. And it was that moment that you made a choice, right? Yes. And that's where I started to question all the things that I thought were the I have no choices. I said, okay, I have to earn money. And then I said, okay, I have to earn money. Do I have to earn this much money? What could I give up in my life, in my lifestyle? And I was pretty drastic <laughs> about adjusting my lifestyle because I was living on six figures and cut way back to something below the poverty line. I, I for a number of years, when I finally decided to make a shift and focus more on adventure and writing and consulting and step back from the job that was keeping me from enjoying life. I lived below the poverty line. I was selling things for a while, but I realized I had the choice to do that. I could choose to make that transition. And that's very powerful to realize that it's a choice. And it's, I think that a lot of times when we say we don't have a choice, we don't like the choice. The choice is scary. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, or we don't, I think the fear kind of takes over too. Like, we don't know what that looks like. Well, I'm used to living my life day by day. These are the steps that I take. I, I don't know how to do things differently. So how did you find that solution? How were you able to overcome that fear? For me, it, it really helped to surround myself with amazing girlfriends who were brave women and who had perspective outside of my fear. So the first thing I would say to somebody in that position is to surround themselves by people that they feel exemplify what they would like to live or the, you know, the decisions they would like to be able to make. Find the brave people in your life and lean on them like a committee to help inspire and guide you. Then the next step I would say is to cut back the lifestyle. If you're making a change that's going to affect your income, start to look at all the different ways that you could, instead of earning more money, spend less. That was a key 
difference in how I looked at my lifestyle and budget and choices was how could I adjust my life to need less? That's a powerful mind shift to have. And personally, I know that I've gone through that for years and years. You know, we were on a set budget and I had to learn how to do things different. And you slowly start seeing what your friends are doing and how they're cutting coupons or price matching or you know, how can I trade for services or, you know, how can I do things a little bit creatively and stay on budget and be able to still live a a very full life? Exactly. And that's freeing because the less you need, the less financial flow that you need to live your life means that you have more choices to either open new businesses, take more adventure, have more control over your time. So I realized very quickly the time and money People joke about time is money, but it is no joke. Time and money are truly interrelated so much that the first decisions that I had to really make were how can I get more trade money for time and and freedom and the ability to do things that really fulfilled me and to get back out into the world and and explore again. And by doing that, then I started to write initially for little or no pay and got a reputation as a writer, a blogger, started to get sent on more trips, which I had a little bit more time to finally take because I had freed myself of a lot of the burdens I was carrying around. That's how I ended up in Utah, which connects you and I. I I was on that path of consulting and writing for the most part. I still own my business in Florida. To this day, I still have a real estate company there. But I finally could explore and and take adventures and even get my body back, which I was working so hard I had gained a lot of weight and wasn't healthy anymore either. I think it's so powerful to have that mind shift, especially with money and and our relationship with money. I, I recently, I don't know, maybe it's been two or three years, read a book called Happy Money. And it's all about our relationship with money and how there's the giving of money and the receiving of money. And through that process, I realized that, you know what, we can afford anything. We just can't afford everything. Mm-hmm. And when you put down, at least with our little family, the, the things that are important to us are, are getting outdoors and, and travel. You know, the, the nice decor in our home or the fancy bookshelves or, I mean, that's, that's not our house. We have a chair in our living room that's from the 1940s that was from the original owner and it's beat up, but you know what? I love that chair. <laughs> and, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but but those are the I mean, but those are the priorities that we've made and the sacrifices that we've made so that we can go do the things that that are important for us. And and I think a lot of the times we get caught up in that, you know, we need this and this and and that's very much how our society is, but to take that step back and say, you know, I'm grateful for the things I have and to have gratitude. I loved the magical art of tidying up where she she talks about taking every item that you own and look at it and say, you know, does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't bring you joy, then get rid of it. Yes. <laughs> now, I don't know that that mindset works for everything because my stapler doesn't bring me joy, but it it is needed <laughs> in my day-to-day <laughs> life, right? <laughs> but But I love what you're saying about, you know, that freedom and kind of unshackling ourselves from things that we think we have to have. And I think all of us would love to travel more and to have more time and to have that freedom. 
And what I found through this growth process, initially it was travel, and I was travel blogging almost exclusively, adventure travel. And living in Florida, I was gone at least a week a month for a while when I first made this transition. It was what I thought I wanted. But once I moved to Utah, I realized that the fun and joy was here, and I wanted to travel less, which is how I made the choice to focus more on just silent sports, outdoor recreation, in particular here in Utah, because to me, my favorite destination is home now. I love it. I used to cry when I flew back into Orlando, and no offense to Orlando, it just, I am I like mountains. <laughs> and so I would cry on my way home. I'm like, I'm going back to this. And when I fly in over the Wasatch Mountains of Utah, I am filled with so much gratitude. When I look out at my sunroom right now while I'm talking to you and see the mountain range, I am so filled with joy every day. And, and that's how it should be. And, and I think that comes from living a life of gratitude, but also changing your path and, and not surrendering to the grind and saying, you know, this is how my life has to be. But that we do have the power to make a choice and to say, you know what, enough. Like, let's, let's do things differently. And I love that you've taken a, your own path. And I love that you say that there isn't just a single path or a, a simple solution for everyone. Or if you do these five steps, then you will have more joy because not everyone's path is the same. Absolutely not. And I have a post on my blog. I think you've read it. It was the, I think it was the uncomfortable truth about happiness or the road to happiness. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that. We'll, we'll make sure to include that. That is such a beautiful article. Talk to us a little bit about that, Erica. It, it was the process I really just unloaded onto the page for that post. It was a highly emotional. I cried into that post. So when people read it, you can know I was sitting there sobbing through part some of those paragraphs. Because people are given the impression, especially by, you know, pop coaches and, and artists, short articles and sound bites, the happiness is just this, you know, do these steps, like you said, you know, here's five steps and you're going to feel happy. The problem and going back to my point where we have choices, but sometimes they're highly uncomfortable choices, but we have to go through them to get to the thing that makes us happier. That means that the road to happiness is not as comfortable or joyful as you expect it to be. It can be downright scary, frightening, uncomfortable. You could be judged by people around you who are your closest friends and family because you're suddenly making changes. The road to happiness isn't always full of joy and rose petals. It's thorny, difficult, and challenging, and scary. But when you come out the other side of that, that's the payoff. And you may have to shift gears through it like I did. I thought I wanted to travel. I realized I'm actually a homebody that just wants to live in the right town. I, I value my garden. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> I didn't realize were what I needed, but I had to explore to find them. I've gone recently gone back into real estate in Utah. So now I practice and I have a corporation in Florida that's still open. It's, it runs at kind of a small level. But now I'm back to practicing in Utah. I didn't think I would ever do that here. I thought I would strictly stay to my outdoor writing and consulting. But then I also realized that to earn the retirement that I want, the most efficient method for me, and because the people are so awesome here to work with, was to go back into real estate. But this time, 
saying, I run this business. It doesn't run me. I'm going to keep hiking. I'm going to keep having joy in my life. We'll be right back after a short break. We love our Go Adventure Mom tribe, and we want to make sure you're a part of it. Go to GoAdventureMom.com and click on the subscribe button where you will be part of an awesome community of families that are doing great things and getting outdoors. We're back on the Go Adventure Mom podcast. Our guest today is Erica Wiggins. As you were you were sharing how your road has changed, I had the thought that, you know, as, as we're on a path, it's not always the road that changes, but it's us that change. And as we're changing, we, I think, sometimes realize, like, I'm not the person I was when I started on this road, and I'm going to now do something else. And I think so much of life is giving ourselves permission to say, hey, you're doing a great job, and, you know, love who you are, love the progress that you're making, and don't be afraid to change the path. Exactly. And it doesn't all happen at once. It's it's slow. For instance, my transition early, uh, initially moving from the running my company full time and, and at this breakneck speed was a taper. It wasn't like I just said one day I'm going to quit my job. I would never recommend anybody just suddenly goes, I want to live a different life. I'm quitting everything I'm doing now. What you do is you steadily replace. You transition you're responsible about it too. And as you're making that progress and as, as you're evolving, you know, I like what you said about surrounding yourself with people that are that force for good, that are positive, that are going to exemplify what you're doing, that are going to help you make some of those hard decisions, but are also there to help you when it's uncomfortable and that we don't have to go through these hard things alone and that there are people and resources out there that can help us to make that change and to become those pe- the people that we want to be, right? Exactly. And if there's one thing I can say is critical to this process, it's to find those people in your life and they might be a little removed from your inner circle. They probably are a little removed from your inner circle. If you have been, if you're an adult and you have been surrounded probably by a core group of people starting with your family for the bulk of your life. And you are living a pattern that is highly influenced by all the people that are around you. You are all dancing a dance that you all know the steps to. Now what you're trying to do is learn new steps and learn a new dance. But you're going to all be stepping on each other's toes. <laughs> my parents and some of my, my closest people in my life thought I was completely nuts and were actually cruel to me during this process. It was very difficult to have the people closest to me judge and criticize my choices because they were fearful for me because they'd never seen anybody dance that dance and succeed. (laughs) But I do it. But meanwhile, I had my my friends. One uh, is uh, Rochelle Lucas, who uh, tweets as travel blogger and her blog is the Travel Bite. I'm just throwing a plug out there. But I can tell awesome. you, she is a woman in my life who I wouldn't be doing living my life with the gratitude and joy that I ha- am today without her being one of my best friends. That is so powerful. I I absolutely agree that having having that army of people that you can go to in in those moments of uncomfortableness, of fear, that can say, "Hey, you know what? You got this. You you can do this." And I know you and I over the years we've we've had some great 
conversations just about, you know, parenting and motherhood and, and, you know, I, I love having someone that's just a little bit further ahead on that path and that can say, hey, you got this and, and you can do this. So just really appreciate you sharing your story and sharing the, the light that you bring and um, hope that we can encourage others to, to do those hard things and, and to not be afraid to get off the path if they're not happy on the path and, and to try a different path, but to know that not Every single path is right for everybody. So thank you very much. You're so welcome. And I'll briefly add on a kind of a poignant moment I had just recently within the last year, unpacking some boxes of books. And I found my old journals from that night where I woke up and saw the ceiling fan and and had this moment of terror. I, I stopped and journaled that that night and said, in five years, I don't want to live this life. And it was almost five years to the day it's been about six years ago now, it was almost five years to the day that I opened my journal and said, wow, I'm not living that life. I can only imagine like to be in, I mean, physically be in such a different place, not living in Florida. And now here you are living in Utah and living this different life. You know, I think life, life is short and I think we have to all help each other in this world. I, I think the more we can help and support and be there for each other, I, th- I think makes us all better. So thank you for your time. And just kind of as, as we wrap up, is, is there a tip or something that you've done in your, your solo adventures or on your path, either hiking or traveling, that, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Absolutely. It is do it. And I know that sounds easy, but... I found that I was much more afraid of dying on the couch than out living my life on a trail somewhere. So I would say challenge yourself to do it. Do it smart. I have a bunch of solo backpacking and travel type resources both on my blog and there's other people who specialize in that mode of travel as well and can give you safety tips. But There's ways that you can make this safe and feasible. And you know what? You'll get to know yourself better. And I still find today, even though I now am about to be married, yay, I don't don't travel solo as much as I did, but it is a mode of travel that I absolutely love. And sometimes I still head out by myself because I don't hike alone. I hike with myself. And I really like that conversation in my head. Uh, I do answer myself when I talk and ask questions. I sing, I cry, but it is a unique experience to travel or do adventures by yourself as compared to with someone. And they're both beautiful. So whether you're living alone or you have a partner, still get out and spend some time with yourself and enjoy it. Just do it. It's beautiful. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. I want like a t-shirt or a badge like that I can wear and say, <laughs> I don't hike alone. I hike with myself. I, th- I think that is just so powerful and beautiful to love ourselves and to have that conversation on the trails or travel. Way to go. Thank you, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. I love our conversations. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your thoughts, what we can do better or how we can improve. Leave a comment below or 
write a review and we'll do our best to include topics that you're interested about and that we can improve. We're new. We're, we're learning how to do this and we know we're not perfect. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Go Adventure Mom podcast. For more family adventure, visit GoAdventureMom.com. Plus, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.